0: I'm Tracy Ramos, and this is Booze Nation, the podcast. I'm a little bit late with this particular interview. I wanted to have this interview up and running in October in honor of Filipino Appreciation Month, but the editing took a little bit longer. Those things happen. But my guest is the lovely James Pennington. Yes, you guessed it. He's my favorite Filipino in the world, and also a talented personal chef who was in China when the coronavirus broke out, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So I met James probably about 15 years ago. Uh, We were in a bar, shocking. And I first noticed him because he was hugging all of his friends on the way out, like gave each one of his friends like the biggest bear hug ever. And I was like, wow, that guy really gets into his goodbyes. Like he's really on it. He likes that. And uh, the next time I saw James, I brought that up. I brought up his hugging capabilities and how impressed I was by them. And then he gave me a hug. And we've been friends ever since. So we're going to jump right into the interview with, again, my favorite Filipino, James Pennington. (laughs) What were you cooking?
1: Oh, there's uh, carnitas in the oven right now. I roasted some jalapenos. I have a like countertop um, grill, so that's what made it really smoky and hot. No, oh, that's okay. But I'm okay. If you okay,
0: yeah, totally. Um, did you know that this month was uh, Filipino Appreciation Month?
1: I did.
0: Um, how, how have you been, how how have you been appreciating yourself this month?
1: Um. Well, I only found out two days ago.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> that, so the past two days, how have- we
1: have a whole month. <laughs> um. Well, the, when the weather turned cold, I made. Um. I don't normally make Filipino food, or there's not a lot of it that I that I um, make. But my favorite comfort food is this um, tamarind soup. Uh, You can make it with pork or you can make it with seafood. And it's great for that monsoon that we had on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I appreciate um, Filipino-ness usually with food. That's how we do.
0: Um, right. No, I, I, I've learned that about you the past um, decade of our friendship that you appreciate Filipinos and food and everything yeah. about that. But what is the most favorite thing that you do cook?
1: That you do oh, um, you know, I'm kind of like my mom, my mom, my mom has, you know, cooks a lot my whole life, you know, we always had dinner as a family together. Um, you know, rarely went out to eat, that kind of thing. But my mom has a really wide palate. And though she makes some Filipino food, she's always, you know, interested in discovering other cuisines and she has a taste for things like, you know, Japanese food, lamb is her favorite meat, you don't find a lot of that in the Philippines. Um, so, you know, really growing up it was my aunties who cooked like the traditional Filipino food and like all of it. And that's all they cook. And my mom is a little bit of that and a lot more like, um, you know, experimental or, you know, adventurous. Um, so for me, I, I'm the same way. Um, I like all kinds of food. I was an exchange student in Japan high school. So I really got to like Japanese food. Um, uh but yeah, I'm kind of all over the place. I usually don't cook. If I think about it, I usually don't cook a specific dish from a specific cuisine. I mean, number one, I cook rice and everything flows from that.
0: <laughs> it's rain and rice. I know so, that.
1: Yeah, whatever meat I'm interested in and whatever vegetables I'm interested in, that's how I cook for myself usually.
0: <laughs> and how much rice do you um, keep in your apartment at one time?
1: um well i buy i buy um
0: 50 pound bags
1: 15 pound bags that's it yeah well before i didn't have the storage and now that i do i should buy a bigger bag but um they're oh they're all the 15 pound bag is always like an excellent deal at the korean market so i've just been buying that
0: (laughs) That sounds okay, that sounds about right. Uh, like
1: if you go in Safeway you'll buy you can buy like a five pound bag for like seven dollars. and at Cook Ja Korea market, it's like eight dollars for 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's why I go. And it's manageable. you know I can carry it up the stairs you know for one.
0: And then what is your favorite market in the city?
1: Uh, oh, Nijia. It's my favorite, but I don't get there as often in Japantown. Yeah. Uh, Because they have, you walk in and there's like a whole cooler of ready to grab and go and eat, like uh, packaged dishes. But in the back, they have all kinds of sashimi and all kinds of fish that are sliced for uh, sashimi. Um, And their produce is beautiful. Um, and they have they have you know all these products that some you'll find in different asian markets or even like um mainstream markets but if you want like some specific japanese products like that is the place to go korean market has some of that stuff but nijia um yeah that's my favorite it's it's such a um I just walk in and like my eyes go like this. And I'm like, I have to bring only cash there because it's dangerous if I if I spend more than that.
0: I didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't know yeah, that, that was your favorite that place. place. Yeah. that's that's nice. And then as a personal chef, how many clients do you have right now?
1: Uh, right now, I have six clients, uh, which is keeping me very busy. Nice. I put an ad like a couple, no, a couple a month ago or more than a month ago on um, Craigslist and I got 24 responses.
0: That's a lot.
1: 24 is too many for me to handle. Right. Uh, at once. So I have a little bit of a, I mean, some of them I could like, you know, eliminate because I wasn't what they're looking for um, or they lived, you know, too far for me. Um, but now I have a little bit of a waiting list, which is strange and awesome.
0: That is strange and awesome. Um, so this is kind of like your second round of personal chefing, right? Correct. Um, let's talk about the first round of personal chefing. Okay. So uh, when did you when did you start the first round of personal chefing? Um in 2010. That and long ago?
1: It was that long ago. I uh you know what led up to that was a couple of friends asking me to cater a small event or a birthday party, um, and then I and I was still working um, my old job, but I was working from home, so I was able to you know do both and balance both. Uh, and I started with um, a couple of small tech startups, like bringing them lunch lunches. Three or four or five days a week.
0: I remember that. Yeah, and that
1: was you know that was a good start, and I did get a lot of uh, recommendations out of them, and a lot of experience. Like that's the thing. Like I just you know, I'm you make so many mistakes, but I but you learn from them, and so you know like you know three years into that, I decided to quit my previous job, which I had had for ten years, and just do the personal shopping full time, and that's when I started finding. Um, clients who wanted me to cook in their homes. So yeah. I'd go to, their, go to their house and cook in their kitchen for the day. Usually while they're at work, sometimes they work from home. Um, but I just go in and take over the kitchen, cook the meals that we agreed on, package it up, label it, put it in the fridge, clean up. And, you know, it's like my, it's like my at first I felt it was like my days at home if I'm not working Because that's what I'll do. I'll just cook. So yeah, that was a that was a that was a good transition for me.
0: Good, right. I do remember that. Um, you know, I'm gonna ask you about the one client. Which one? (laughs) The one that had like 8,000 dietary restrictions (laughs) and wanted you to like float on air and not wear uh, shoes and she sounded yes, yes. bananas. Yes. Let's talk so, about what do you do with a really super challenging client because yeah. you stuck with her. Like I, I would have yeah. been I would have been like starve. I don't <laughs> care. You're driving me crazy. Some You're not- I have
1: I have let go of some faster than I let her go. <laughs> um but that's that's why people I found you know come to find out that that's why people are looking for a personal chef often the Mm. common denominators are all busy but some of them you know can't cook some of them are tired of eating out and a lot of them have dietary restrictions like they're trying what i'll call bad diet or whatever um or they have some you know extensive allergies and that was that's what was with this client There like a (laughs) like a list of like eight things that she could eat one of which being rabbit. I mean, I allergies. I know, I know. I mean, when I got that list, I was like, this is a joke, right? Like, what am I going to make you every day out of rabbit and tomatoes? Or whatever it was. Like, I mean, that was so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> and she was also, because she was so, you know, it's like vegetarians, like they go out to eat or go to a party and they always get the shaft, they get like the rabbit food. So this client who actually wants rabbit as food <laughs> reminded me of that, where she like was very restricted. And if she did go out, she could hardly eat anything and wasn't enjoying going out with whatever, her friends or family or whatever. Um, so, you know, so my, in the beginning of this career, you know, my heart went out to people like that, because I knew that whole, like, you know, shafting the vegetarians kind of issue. So, you know, so I wanted to make, you know, nice things for her. Um, and, you know, I didn't have to be very creative, because there were many things I could. But, you know, it's not all allergies. Sometimes it's like this kind of thing upsets my stomach, or, you know, so that so that they're, they're not, they're not, uh, unable to eat those things, but some things just affect them, um, their mood or their, you know, their, their body or <clears throat> whatever. So the first day, she could eat rabbit and she could eat chicken. So the first day, I cooked rabbit stew and I roasted a whole chicken. I think I steamed potatoes with that one. She could eat all kinds of herbs. So that was good. Um, and she was amazed like i can't believe i can eat this delicious thing that's not just a carrot stick or whatever you know and so i felt good about that it was you know even with few ingredients relatively few ingredients is still a challenge um number 1 i had never cooked or eaten rabbit before that right you know that's part of like the learning curve like client wants this and you know and I need to do it and I need to figure out how to do it. So she was a she was definitely a, a lesson every time, uh, which I now appreciate. So
0: <laughs> what a banana pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's
1: that's her nickname. That's not her official name. <laughs>
0: You were, I I do, I mean, I'm obviously bringing this up because I remember you talking about this particular client and you (laughs) talked about her a long time because this person was just, oh my God. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, this doing this, it's like I entered into a whole new world that I didn't know, like how people ate or how they fed themselves or what they couldn't eat because listen there was no such thing in my house when I was growing up like you ate what was in front of you and what was in front of you is eventually everything and so you know like I like we'd go out to pizza once once a year my family would go out to pizza and we'd go to like shakey's or round table okay right. <laughs> and get everything everything on it and then, you know, and that was our once a year. And then I went to college and nobody has any money and people are ordering cheese pizza. I'm like, well, what the hell is this? This is not pizza. This is cheese bread. So it was like that kind of like discovery, like, oh, not everybody does it like we do. So that's, 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 that's a big part of my feelings towards my, towards my clients, especially initially. Um, not I, not I feel sorry for them, but I'm like, this is a challenge that I can help you with. And I'm going to learn from it, too. That's how I feel. About
0: it. Yeah, that was a really good, again, a very, very good outlook and really patient. What was going on with you uh, between 2016 and 2020? Um,
1: 2016, <clears throat> I... It was just about starting to think about moving overseas i was enjoying what i was doing and where i was living um but i had this long-term desire to have this uh, expat life somewhere you know and having had you know having studied overseas you know naturally it was turning towards japan um but in 2017, I think my mom wanted to go to China. Like, I didn't know she was such a big, had such a big interest in China. Um, <clears throat> and so she was like, You come with me. I'm like, okay. Um, that was in 2017. Um, so I actually, on that trip, I went to Japan first by myself before my mom came out. So I could see it for the first time in 30 years and also see if that's where I would want to go because that's mostly what I had been thinking over the years um, because I, I loved I loved it there so much um, but then my mom we went to China and we did this like three-week tour in several cities and a week on a riverboat on the Yangtze and I was totally impressed it was it was just fascinating and then when I compared you know what the life would be like with the housing and compensation and all that is, um, you know, China is pretty well known in foreign teacher circles to really be one of the places where you have the best kind of uh, deal or package in terms of your salary, the housing that's provided, the vacation time, the number of class hours. Mm-hmm. Um, If you want to teach university and that's that's the age that I was I was looking at. So it took me a couple of years to um, work it out and get there and get the gumption, I guess.
0: Um,
1: And so I took off never to return. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, at the time, also, I was like, if you leave San Francisco, you cannot afford to come back.
0: You precisely, know. Pre- precisely. Yeah. So
1: yeah. You know, so you know, it's it was, in part, like a retirement plan, also. So listen, in China, I mean, I, I, I had one job there. You know, I, I, I was in, I wasn't even there a year because coronavirus. But you know, as you progress and you get better jobs you know you have the because they pay for your housing they pay for your flights home they pay for your insurance you know all this stuff that you you're saving a ton of money you know or it's hard to do in San Francisco so you know that combined with my like you know seeking adventure and another career change um you know that made it really attractive and I and I'm I'm the kind of person who I feel like I can, I'm like, there's people there and I'm people, so I can exist there. Like I don't have any fear like that, you know, of of new places or going someplace and not knowing anyone. Um, So, you know, that all combined to push me into finally achieving this, you know, thought at first and then dream um, of, of, of doing that. And, and I was, I was doing well, I was enjoying it. I liked the, I liked the new job. You know, the students were really impressive. Um, The street food girl. And it's so, you know, it's so, on a, a, you know, English teacher's salary, it's, uh, it everything's so cheap um, to travel, to eat out, to, you know, whatever, buy gifts. Um so it was really like you know just in the beginning of like really getting getting into it. And then coronavirus.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> how first of all, how many going away parties did you have? I think, I think I went to three, right? I think I went to at least three of your going away parties. Oh my god,
1: I didn't invite you to more than half of them. <laughs>
0: I mean, I knew they were happening. I could just only get to three. I but think the
1: I could... number floating around was seven. I don't know if that <laughs> was an exaggeration or, but it's likely.
0: Yeah. You had seven going away parties. Okay. Right. <laughs> and, um,
1: you know, which really, really kind of extended my stay. I'm like, Oh, I like these going away parties. <laughs> uh...
0: <laughs> oh my God. Um, and then when was your departure to China?
1: That, I, was, that Well, there was a going away party that <laughs> before. I
0: went to that one.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was August of 2019, August 26, probably something like that.
0: Right. Because at that particular going away party, you still didn't have a ride to the airport.
1: no. And I was offered, I was promised a ride that never materialized. And then two other friends whooped in to save me the morning of looking Uh, at you, Patty.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so you leave right August of 2019. Yeah. You're in China. You are you're doing it, right? You're totally doing it. You're going out. You're totally yeah.
1: sticking out like a sore thumb yeah why so oh well that's just everywhere i mean the only place i've never stuck out is hawaii <laughs> where, where locals and tourists assume that i was a local that's the only place ever so that was that was nothing new and you know people everybody was so so nice everybody i met even like a People who like filmed me as I'm walking by or whatever. I'm just like, hey,
0: because <laughs> you're the giant man. <laughs> yeah,
1: I was really surprised to discover students at my college there who were my size, my height, and my size. And I remember one. I had, you know, they're like nineteen, twenty. And I remember one as winter was coming. Everybody has these like really long puffy coats that go down below their knees and I had to like look up on my phone really quick how to ask this guy where he got his coat because <laughs> I lived by a shopping mall where there was like Gap and Uniqlo and all this and you know I went in there I couldn't even find gloves that fit me so there's no way I'm find a jacket that me. <laughs> I was like where'd you get that coat but it turns out you order it online just like
0: here no, I I can see that happening. Yeah, exactly. And so you're in China, like we've said, you're working at, you're making great progress strides. Um, you had a couple of visitors, right, Julie?
1: I did I did? Um, my second week there, my mom and auntie and their friends decided to visit. They had they were on a trip in um, uh, Vietnam and Cambodia, and nice. so. On the way back, let's stop and see James. My mom is like that. She's like, I mean, this was like a natural, because it's, you know, it's kind of on the way. But I remember when my mom and my stepdad came to visit me in Virginia from California when I was in college there. And they were visiting family in Indiana. And it's like, oh, let's go to Virginia while we're here. <laughs> Indiana's not here to Virginia. <laughs> So it did not surprise me. My mom's like, oh, we're going to stop and see you, you know, and, right. And, and, and you know, and I'm going to be expected to know everything and how to do everything. And so it was, it was very, it was fun and really nice to have them there, you know, having really just landed. Mm. Um, but also like a lot of, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. I don't know where that is. So we wandered around aimlessly most of the time and had a good time doing that. That's uh, good. Yeah, it was, uh, we, we got on a city bus once to see where it went. And it like immediately went out of town into the sticks and then broke down. <laughs> <laughs> and then another bus came to rescue us and they dropped us off at like the Satan's bus depot. <laughs> like nothing was open. It was all dirt. There's no bathroom. It's like buses coming through. We don't know where they're going, but you know we didn't pee ourselves. <laughs> we just got back on another bus headed back towards the way we came. But it was it was kind of like that. It's like what what's the worst could happen?
0: Oh, wait wait till we get to wait, wait till we get to 2020 2020 we'll talk about what the worst can happen um so you're in china it's now 2020 and when yeah. did you start hearing coronavirus
1: well i mean they weren't calling it maybe maybe they were calling it an <clears throat> epidemic or something but wuhan had been pinpointed. Um, But, you know, I I really couldn't understand, you know, why or what was happening. Oh, I'm
0: sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. Where were you in China? Sorry, I was
1: uh, was in uh, Chongqing. Chongqing is kind of Mm -hmm. like South Central. It is a gigantic city, like 20 plus million people. And it is about 500 miles east of Wuhan. Okay. Um on uh, along the Yangtze River. In fact, on our on our trip in 2017, we went from Beijing to this other city Xi'an to Chongqing where we got on the ship and our last stop on that ship was in Wuhan. Um so I had been there before. I didn't realize uh right away. But uh I, I just you know the first thing you notice is more people wearing masks. I mean, it's wintertime. In mean, wintertime in China. There's more coal being used, and so the air it, the air quality, you know, plummets, um, deteriorates, and so people are wearing masks because of that. Also, because it's winter, and it's common to wear a mask if you're sick, um, so you don't infect others, as we now know. Um, so, but then uh, at the end of January, still probably one late 20 something January um that my my school was and was telling me that um they recommended that the teachers leave and oh,
0: okay.
1: and they're like "We're not forcing you but we recommend that you do and so I was kind of on the fence because it was like the you know, the winter break for us was eight weeks long. And this was like the second week of it. <clears throat> and I had been looking you know, forward to traveling around China for part of those eight weeks. But this, you know, from day to day was like progressing really quickly, like with airport closings and um, uh, public transportation, uh, shutting down or being limited. And so at some point I was like, well, what happens if everything shuts down, especially the grocery store? What am I going to do?
0: Yeah, um, yeah. you
1: know, I mean, i know known what to think. It was my first pandemic, <laughs> um, so, so uh, you know, I I could have stayed there, and in fact, a lot of foreign teachers did not not the ones that I worked with, but many who had been there longer. You know, maybe they had families, even, <clears throat> but even if they didn't you know, they rented their own apartment as opposed to my situation where the school rented it for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So actually when I got back, just to skip ahead a second, uh, when I got back a week later, the school canceled the semester and my job and my apartment. Oh boy. So I don't know what would have happened if I stayed there. I don't know if they would have kept me in the apartment. Uh, You know, it's 5,000 people that live there. It's not like the apartment was shutting down. Um right. And at the time, we also thought like, oh, we don't know what it is, you know, go home and then hopefully by the beginning of spring semester at the end of February, you know, you'll be able to come back. <clears throat> so that was my thought when I when I left, like, oh, it's going. it, it might only be a couple of months. And let me go visit, it. you know, you couldn't travel anywhere. The travel plans I had made, you know, you couldn't <clears throat> couldn't do any of those. So. You know, so my choice was, like, to stay uh, and be quarantined in my apartment, um, which I was for the last week there, or to come back home and, you know, wait it out, basically. Right. So I'm still waiting, girl. <laughs> I know. I
0: know. Because you came back. and you were Came like, back the
1: day after Super Bowl in yes. 2020. Yeah.
0: Here in the States, we're just like, uh-oh. You know China's going down really fast, but you know it'll never happen here. You know, it's not that's not going to happen in the U.S. Right,
1: and then we saw Italy,
0: Italy, Spain. Oh my God! And then we were like close to follow. You know, like Italy, Spain, and then that happened here. Um,
1: I mean the toilet paper situation.
0: What ridiculous! you've got to be kidding me that is is the most
1: ridiculous thing
0: in february you Sersha, and i we went to gurnville we met our you know met up with some friends and that was kind of like the last hurrah because we came back in february and then things were just drastically changing here
1: yeah yeah
0: because the tangerine nightmare in chief didn't take it seriously didn't call for any mandates and we're still in a mess a year and a half later.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I put that squarely on his head.
0: And and, and so much of a mess is on that asshole's head. Um, So then you were in San Francisco back again. Yay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe you weren't really happy, but I was,
1: well, I was still, (laughs) I was still, you know, I was still, I was still hopeful at that point. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, my first pandemic, and I didn't know then how poorly it would be handled Mm -hmm. uh, in some places, but just how how it would linger even in places that were managed well or better than here. Um, You know, you know, here it's you can't like keep people quarantined in their houses. Right. Like you can say you're not supposed to go out unless it's essential or, you know, you take a walk, you wear a mask, whatever. But in China, it takes one door guy to keep 5000 people inside a building. You know, it's easier to keep people there. And so initially, that you know, they had, you know, uh, you know, a better time of it because, you know, not only that, but there's like this one voice coming from the government. So this is what you have to do. Yeah. I could Here, we have as many voices as big mouths, as there as are big mouths, um, and so we, the rest of us, are, are, like, confused about, you know, what's the best thing to do, and uh, and then some people are, you know, making it political and claiming they can't fucking breathe because they're wearing a mask. I'm like, come on, you're shouting loud enough. You're telling me you can't <laughs> breathe. <laughs> That was the most, 2020 is the most ridiculous year ever, ever. Okay. <laughs> people are crazy.
0: <laughs> I have to agree. It was a ridiculous year. And, you know, learn how, how right.
1: many people do not know, um, you know, that going to Walmart is not a right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly oh my god and people don't know what airborne means oh, <laughs> like, yeah, right, right. this is the big problem this is yeah, well, one, like, one of the big problems big problem. it's like airborne <laughs> this is where this, this is the pandemic that we're in it's airborne right right
1: <laughs> Fuck. no that is a big problem <laughs> it still is it still is
0: yeah, we're not out of it we're, no. we're not we're not out of it
1: no And our education system hasn't gotten any better in the last year and a half.
0: We're still in 2020. We've got like the presidential election coming up. And now we have even more Mm anti-Asian sentiment. You left in 2019. You came back in 2020. Had you noticed a difference when you came back?
1: Um, Or no? No, not right away until the, what's his face? Called the China virus. Right? (sighs) Right. right um and whatever else um but uh, you know this uh the re more more recent you know uptick in violence was you know mostly this year uh i would say or at least getting news coverage um so no i didn't i didn't notice uh i didn't notice right away but You know, it's clear to me where it came from or, you know, a big part of where it came from.
0: Did you ever uh, fear for your safety when you were in China or here walking the streets? Uh,
1: No, never, never once in China. Um, Here. uh, No, I thought more about my mom and my aunties. Uh, um, And. You know, and the things that were happening here, you know, at first, I, what I was hearing or noticing was uh, in Oakland, not, not in San Francisco. Um, and then, you know, then it started happening like right here, right downtown, right on Market Street. And, you know, ha- and, and these videos that I can't even watch while squinting,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: this horrific, you know, out of the blue sucker punches and and shit like that. Uh, with other people like standing around doing nothing, you know, that shit pissed me off. But I didn't, I didn't fear, you know, I, I, I moved, uh, you know, I lived in the mission for almost 20 years. Uh, and I felt more fear sometimes there, just from like possible like random gang violence than I do here where I live now, which is, you know, more gritty uh, area of the city but you know but it's not the same kind of not the same kind of thing like what people are doing and what they're looking for like I don't feel like here I'm gonna you know be a victim of some gang challenge like go find the biggest dude you can and knock him down or whatever you know like I'm gonna be that guy <laughs> and here people are like you know they don't know where they're gonna sleep and what they're gonna eat and you know that's that's how I feel about the difference this neighborhood and, and the mission. But in terms of violence towards Asians, there's there are more Filipinos on my street than have ever been on any street I've lived on in my whole life. Um, except for my first three years of life in the Philippines, of course. Um, so around here, I haven't felt that kind of fear even for them. Uh, yeah. you know, right here on my block. But, you know, but the first one I heard about here was not too far away, a fourth in market, just two Asian ladies getting stabbed, coming off a bus, like the hell.
0: Yeah, what the hell? Um, And actually south of market where you're at is, I'm sorry, was the Filipino hub. of Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, there's still a community center. just a couple blocks away the markets around me a couple of markets um almost like one is kind of a corner store market and the other one has more produce and meat counter but they have like all the filipino products really i used to have to go to daily city to get so that's yeah (laughs) so i'm in there all the time you know it's uh it's really really convenient Uh, even you know even the one asian market on mission street didn't have all the like say asian greens that i really love Mm -hmm. uh, which always pissed me off about them um i'd still have to go to daily city but now it's just like seriously like right around the corner so i'm happy about that i love this spot i love like you know, these little businesses around being by the farmer's market, the bar, I can walk to Chinatown in like 25 minutes. Um, so I like that, even if my street is a little dingy.
0: Um, what is your opinion about Jolly Bees?
1: You can't call that spaghetti sauce, I'm sorry, <laughs> but that is the spaghetti sauce in the Philippines. <laughs> Ketchup. Um, so the one Bees that was down here that we went to years ago is, you know, no longer there, but I did go through the drive through one in, da- or drive through in Daly City. you
0: have a drive through?
1: There's a, there's a Bees that you can't, with the drive through. Well, I didn't get the spaghetti, <laughs> but I did get a noodle dish that was all right. Like it kind of, it, it it's something that I don't know how to make, um, and so it's kind of satisfied a craving, uh, but I mean, not real satisfying. But <laughs> 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 well, I'm happy that they're there. I mean, there's plenty of Filipino restaurants, you know, around. Uh, I thought you were
0: gonna say there were plenty of Filipinos in Jollibees. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, that's a only. That's another place where I stand out, even though I'm one of them. <laughs> Why bring up
0: Jolly? Because <laughs> it's a Filipino fast food, right? I know. Yeah.
1: I know. I didn't even I didn't even get the fried chicken. That's what it's a Chicken joy it's what it's called.
0: Chicken joy? Chicken joy. Oh my God. I
1: went to one in um when I had to leave Chongqing to go get my visa. I had to leave the country and come back. So, I went to Hong Kong and I went to Jollibee's in Hong Kong (laughs) and I had the chicken joy. (laughs) It was delicious.
0: You didn't tell me you went to Jollibee's in Hong (laughs) Kong. I can't believe you've (laughs) been going to Jollibee's without me behind my back. I I forgot. I I think we were so excited to go there. We were kind of like running. We were like, I know, I know. Get there. Well, I had never been. We neither. (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
1: I had never even seen one or known what it was until I moved to San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, but they're everywhere. Uh, well, in the Philippines, but like supposedly all over LA, there's the drive through in Daly City. Um, I don't know, I'm not particularly drawn to it. I like the other style better of Filipino restaurants, which is also fast food, like where it's like in steam tables when you walk in the door. And you point at what you want, and we call those type of places, tudo, tudo, which means point, point.
0: Okay, so you right. go to the
1: Turo Turo down the street and you point at the whatever the adobo and the sinigang. And but yeah, that 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 tastes, you know, that's more like tastes more like home cooking. I think there's another one opening here somewhere. Why, <laughs> like in the TL or something. In the TL, I, th- I thought I heard somebody say that. I'll have to look it up.
0: Oh, my God. So now you're back. Now you're on round two of personal chefing. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, do you do you think about going back to China to teach?
1: I do. I was thinking about going uh, in fall 2020, in uh, spring 2021, in fall 2021. And I, I still can't go.
0: Right. So,
1: right, you know so after a year you know which was february 3rd was a year that i had been back um you know i couldn't just like wait anymore to go i mean i landed with zoe and aaron who took me in and kept me under their wings for a year and i feel like i was promising like oh it's not gonna be long i'm gonna go back in march i'm gonna go back in september i'm gonna You know, well, that did happen, and uh, an old, an old client of mine who I had finished working with him. You know, like the summer before I left, the summer that I left. So he had no idea that I had even gone to China, and so now he calls me a year and a half later, and he's like, "Do you have any room in your schedule to?" have me back and i was like oh let me check my completely empty calendar and see what i can do for you so i had not even been thinking of going back to cooking because you know i i got rid of all my stuff when i left so i'd have to like reacquire all this stuff like it just was not on my radar to cook again plus i was in zoe and aaron's house and you know i can't take over the kitchen there they were also working from home um So yeah, it didn't even cross my mind until he called me. And so I started going to another friend's house during the day while she was at work to cook for this client. So I would go shopping, take the uh, BART to whatever, Balboa Station or whatever, walk half a mile to her house, (laughs) like... You know, I was like, hadn't, hadn't worked in a year. And, you know, that was the that was the way I could do it. And it was convenient in terms of like, she wasn't home during the day. So I wouldn't be in her way and she wouldn't be in my way, that kind of thing. Um, and then like maybe two months later, maybe another month later, another client called me. Now, even older client um, and said the same thing. Like, well, now he, I cooked for him and his husband for a few years. Um, and then that ended in maybe 2017. But now his mom has moved in with them. And mm. so he's like, well, now we have three Can you, you, do you have room in your schedule? Oh, let me check my calendar, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Amazingly.
1: Oh, you know, so that's how it started. And then I, and then I, you know and i was still like going to my friend's house to you know to cook and then go back all the way to wherever to deliver and so i realized i just need to i realized that uh, i'm not getting back into china anytime soon mm-hmm. and i need my own kitchen i can't i can't be schlepping all these groceries across town and then, yeah. and then cleaning up and then schlepping the packages over you know I needed my own place. And so I took a leap of faith and got a place uh, hoping that the work would follow. And that's, and that's exactly what happened. So.
0: That's so. yeah. That's a great, a great story. I like that.
1: Yeah. So it was, it's, I mean, I'm happy. I'm really happy to be back into work and, you know, uh, and be able to like, you know, move forward. Whereas I was feeling so stalled before.
0: Yeah, I could I could see that. And then we kind of touched on this a little bit, but what is your biggest pet peeve dealing with clients?
1: You know, kind of like uh, nickel and diming me. I think that might be I think that might be the number one because you know, like I said before, people don't think about what they spend on their own. You know, eating weekly, daily, weekly, and monthly. I just remember one guy in particular like, you know, saying even though he hired me, yeah. I right, didn't change the price. Even though he hired me, he was like, well, that's just ridiculous. It made me like think about that, you know, all the time or when he actually worked from home. so when I was, He would inspect all of the, you know, all of the boxes that I put together and labeled for him to pull out of the fridge conveniently like you asked for. And he would like and once he was like, like, you know, I'll make like four portion, four different servings of the same dish, right? And he was picking them up. This one feels light. Fuck off.
0: He sounds like a dick.
1: Your head feels light.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your head feels like it's light. Yeah, a
1: dick. <laughs> so that would be that would be the one. That would be the one. And I, I wouldn't even call it a pet peeve. But it's, it is one of the differences uh, between people who stick with me and people who move on.
0: What is the one thing you want people to know? I always ask this question. What's the one thing you want people to know about personal chefs?
1: This is one thing I want people who are interested in being a personal chef to know. I guess I'll put it that way.
0: Yes. That's like, cool.
1: You know, think about what, what the job is to you. Like the job to me, and I learned it over, you know, a long time. That job to me is to solve a problem for the client. That's that's who comes. This you can get anything you want delivered in this city, or go out to eat it, or whatever. So if you're going to some private person to prepare meals for you, it's because you have some kind of a problem. You have a time problem. You have a I can't cook problem. You have you know, uh, you know other actual you know real. <laughs> you know, physical or physiological problem. Like, and it's worked better for me when I think of it like that, like the rabbit lady, right? Uh,
0: rabbit so, lady. Well, it's, it's,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, RL could be so annoying, but, but not when I thought about it the way I did. Like, this is a problem and I can help. I don't know the answer right away, but I have the skills and the tools to figure it out. And, you know, and I think that maybe people looking to hire a personal chef, you know, I've had I've had more than 100 clients, let's say, over the last 10, 11 years. So, you know, I feel pretty confident saying most of them are looking for a problem to be solved. They're not just like, you know, I can't cook and I'm lazy. You know, it's not that, right? Like, I mean, what other reason would there be where you can have everything? Because there are plenty of restaurants and food services available, but they don't actually cater to your specific taste. And if your tastes are too specific, you have to look elsewhere. Yeah. Also, uh, we don't cook barefoot. So don't ask me to take my shoes off in your house while I'm cooking. Are you crazy rabbit lady? RL did that too.
0: That's right. She did ask you. Yes, she
1: did. Get me some sandals, girl. <laughs> Something. I'm not taking my shoes off.
0: Oh, my God. You are a saint to her. That's all I have to say. You are a saint to her to even stick with her for that one meal. Oh, <laughs> my God. Uh, and then tell me, how are you going to appreciate yourself for the rest of the month? You've got, what, four days? I'm going
1: to find myself the least ridiculous halloween costume <laughs>
0: and that's it that concludes my interview with james pennington the world famous filipino um and if you're by jolly bees i guess stop in if you are craving ketchup spaghetti i'm gonna leave it at that um also i can't believe i still have to say this but please go get vaxed. we're still in a pandemic this isn't going anywhere unless everyone gets vaxxed please do that thank you Booze Nation. The podcast can be found on iHeartRadio, Apple, and Spotify. Have a good rest of the week. And remember, please tip your bartenders. Thank you.